0: Next up, he's a songwriter, artist, and content creator. a familiar face. How would you describe your
1: 20s? Um, I do think I didn't enjoy my 20s.
0: As someone who's now well over 10 years been producing music, how would you describe creativity?
1: It's kind of being able to create something from nothing without struggling. It started Going really well for us was in the time we released a lot of music on Revealed and spinning also on wall after the training. That's been six years of like intensively touring and putting out music. And then the deadly coronavirus is the biggest threat this country has faced for decades.
2: Shutting down hundreds of events, large and small.
1: Everything I did wasn't possible anymore. Um, so why am I even making music anymore? I'm not trying to be someone else. So if you say, uh, name a couple of artists that are like you, that's the hardest thing for me to do ever because I will always think he's more successful, he's having more shows. If you don't believe in yourself at all, it will be very hard to accomplish something. Tom. Yes.
0: A familiar face. Yes, sure. I start each podcast with the same question because usually it sets a certain narrative for the rest of the conversation. That question is, are you happy?
1: I am. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What in your opinion is required to live a happy life?
1: Um, there was this quote once. I love the quote. I have to see if I remember it. Um, but it's, it's something like happiness is um, nothing to worry about on your plate uh, clear horizon. I think that's exactly what happiness is to me. Mm -hmm. Um, as long as you're, it's not about like, um, money. It's not about uh, all kinds of materialistic stuff. It's just, if your head is clear and like the horizon is clear, nothing to worry about, then that would be happiness to me.
0: So by that description, you probably don't believe that we should chase happiness.
1: Um, no, I don't, I don't think we should chase it. Um it's well, it's it's a deep question. <laughs> um I think um the most important thing is to listen to yourself and look after yourself and then I think you will find happiness. Mm-hmm. Maybe without even uh you noticing it. It's just you'll become happy, I guess. Um but it's also I I don't think about it too much. So maybe that's that's what works for me. Stop thinking about it. Yeah. Just do the stuff you love. Um, and also accept that not 100% of your life will be amazing, Mm -hmm. not 100% of your life or of your work, for instance, will be fun. Um, it will be maybe 20% of the day, you will stumble upon things that will be hard or whatever, but you'll learn from that. And if you learn from that, you'll get better. And eventually that will also help you get happy, I guess.
0: It's interesting cause it, I used to think we should chase it mm-hmm. and indeed recently I've started to think that this whole pursuit of happiness is in fact pointless. Yeah. <clears throat> because as you say, point out very nicely that it's often not something you realize in the moment, but after the fact you're like, ah, oh, I've been happy for quite a while, so I'm, I'm good where I'm
1: at at the moment. Yeah. And it's also when you ask the question, are you happy? I think you're you're always thinking, am I happy? Um, Mm -hmm. And I think if, like within the first couple of seconds, nothing comes to mind why you wouldn't be happy. Yeah, I think then it's a good sign. It's a good sign. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And also, if you still if you're aiming for things like I want to have this in my life or like you're ambitious, so you're you have goals. Doesn't mean when you're not there, you can't be happy. Yeah, exactly. So. I don't. Th- I don't think it's a chase, but it's always a, uh, like.
0: Yeah, the difference between I guess chasing and and growing.
1: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: This podcast focus focuses a lot on the topic of passion, specifically chasing your passion. Basically, I'm trying to find out with my hypothesis whether or not we should chase our passions. So the hypothesis that I set. As, as a research hypothesis for the podcast is passion equals purpose. What is your thoughts on that?
1: Oh, it's a good one. I have to think about this passion equals purpose. To be honest, I think a uh, passion can also be something you don't even know is a passion. Um, um, it can be um, something you do every day. For instance, I love making coffee um, <coughs> in a way that like, like in the, the more difficult way not just pressing the one button you know the espresso machines um (laughs) but just it takes a little bit more time i get relaxed from it and i get calm from it but i I never realized like oh this is my passion or coffee is my passion right i just seem to love it um and i don't have any goals with it or whatsoever i'm Mm -hmm. not trying to be better at it i'm not trying to be um i'm not trying to buy all the best stuff there is to make good coffee Mm -hmm. i'm just interested in it so then I would not say passion has the equal purpose. Um, what about passion gives purpose? Yeah, maybe it does. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's hard. It's a hard question though. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: that was the idea. <laughs> yeah.
1: And I also have to say, I don't think about that too much. Right. So that's maybe why I have to dig a little bit. Like, yeah. How do I, what, like, what do I think about it? Um. um But maybe it's better to say passion sometimes gives purpose. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also believe passion can just be passion. You can just love stuff. You can just be busy with stuff without you even realizing
0: how much Mm -hmm. you love
1: it. Maybe until it stops or you're not able to do it anymore. For instance, if you're, I don't know, always uh, playing soccer with your friends and stuff like that, and then suddenly you break your leg, Mm. then you realize how much you loved it. Right. Um, I think... That's when I realize what passion is to me.
0: That's a, <clears throat> that's a different perspective, at least to have what I've heard so far. Um, because usually, indeed, we, I get the answer of if people say no, that passion is, is, for example, they're very passionate about football. Yeah. And I think often I, I question whether or not they mistake passion for enjoyment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, are you really passionate? Like, if you look at the word passion... Uh, in my research, apparently it means to suffer. Are you willing to suffer for this thing that you are passionate about, or do you just enjoy doing it? That being said though, is there something that you are passionate about?
1: Uh, yeah. Um, I've always been passionate about music. That's why I'm (laughs) in the music business, of course. Um, and if you state it like that, something, um. What did you say? Like passion is something you
0: willing to suffer
1: for. Yeah. Like the literal word means to suffer. Yeah. And that's exactly, I wouldn't, I wouldn't never stated it like that, but I can, I can imagine. And then if I look at that, I'm like, oh yeah, that then my music really is my passion. Cause I'm willing to like almost work myself into like stress levels mm-hmm. just because I want to achieve some, some goals in my musical yeah. career. Yeah. Um, So that's something I'm definitely passionate about. And then for instance, if you compare it to my coffee making, I'm not that passionate about it because I'm not going to like (laughs) (laughs) Um, delete all my social (laughs) life just to be able to make better coffee. But there are some people who do. Um, I'd have to say I'm I'm definitely passionate about uh, uh, music.
0: Before we dive then a bit more into your sort of musical career. I'm curious what your twenties were like, because obviously that's the main target
1: group of this podcast. Yeah. Well, how would you describe your twenties? Um, very good, very nice. (laughs) Um, and uh, just to, um, elaborate on that first part, my twenties were also, um, a passionate period with my music. Um, so my twenties were really nice. Like I, I studied, I had a great time here in Amsterdam with my friends and whatever. Um, so I look good at a a good couple of years. Um, but on the other hand, if I look back at it and I look at the time now, also with COVID happening and stuff, um, I do think I didn't enjoy my twenties, um, like a lot. I, I I did enjoy stuff, of course, but looking back, I was like, oh, I would have also done this if I could have done it.
0: Such as, does something come to mind right away that?
1: Uh, well, for instance, I of course I used to DJ a lot, so I went to festivals and I went backstage and I played there. But if I didn't play, I just I didn't go. So mm-hmm. when my friends went to a festival, I didn't go with them. Even if I didn't have a gig planned, I would be like. i'm not gonna go because probably i'll get a gig eventually but then sometimes that didn't happen and Mm -hmm. i was at home being like oh no i don't have a ticket to go um i should have just gone and um that is a, a thing that i'm doing differently now i'm now just buying tickets and i'm gonna go and if i get a gig i'll cancel the ticket right easy as that so you can like enjoy life in Like in both ways, Um, I would have done that more, I think, Mm -hmm. in my social life a bit more. But on the other hand, I really enjoyed making music and following my dreams. So I'm not in regret or something.
0: No, exactly. Because I think, obviously I know a bit more of your story, but to some extent to achieve the point that you have now where you're able to say, either I get a gig or I go... You probably had to work, you, not even probably, you had to work very hard to get to that point, right? So it comes back to this willing to suffer. I guess you were willing to sacrifice these social events at the potential of maybe getting a gig, in this case, at, for the music.
1: Yeah. But on the other hand, mm? I never thought of that back then because when I used to be, well, even before my 20s, when I was about like 17, 18 years old, When I got back from school, from high school, at like around six, uh, everyone was like, weekend, let's go drink and stuff like that. And most of the time, I went home and was like, oh, now I get to make music. Mm. And then I went up to my bedroom, started making music, and I wouldn't stop until like two in the morning. And then I'd go to bed. Other people were probably drunk and still would do three or four hours and then go to bed. And I would... start the next morning again making music Mm -hmm. but i didn't think about that i wasn't like oh shit i'm making music and they're all going out right i wasn't aware of it because i was just loving what i was doing um so that's also a different example but that turned into a couple of years later i think it turned into i have to make music all the time Mm -hmm. And if I look back at that now, like at the, at those twenties, sometimes I could have also just said, all right, I'm not in the best, um, creative mood right now. So let's just stop doing the music and go out for, for once. Mm -hmm. I think that's, um, how I look back at the twenties.
0: Cause I think that's, that's a nice segue to something I'm also currently struggling with the concept of creativity. Right. And whether that's in music, content creation or running a business, it demands a certain level of creativity. Yeah. As someone who is now for well over 10 years been producing music consistently. First of all, what is your how would you describe creativity and how do you go about dealing with, for example, creative burnout or. Just where does creativity come from how do you ensure that you can continue being creative
1: um it's a really good question i'm, I'm thinking how i'm like to me um i'll get back on what creativity is but to, to me to be creative i have to um find a certain chill mode um so for instance after like a couple of years of touring and making music, it somehow from a hobby, it starts turning into job as well, because they're like, you're used to, I have to go into the studio now, like, <laughs> like everybody else who's working on a Monday, I go in the studio. So it, it, it's not always fun. It's not always, oh my God, I get to be in the studio. Um, um, but to be creative. I have to get like into a headspace where I'm not thinking about, oh, I have to make a song right now today. I have to do this, I have to do that. It can really help to just go to the studio, see the PlayStation, start playing FIFA. Or mm. we have dartboards, we have uh, football. Just first have some fun, have a coffee, have a talk. We're in a studio complex with five other artists. So sometimes we're also... I get to see you at nine and then at 12... We end our coffee meeting yeah yeah, yeah. just because we find a nice topic to talk about and we just go into that like also passionately talking for three hours and then we're like oh nice talk man um i'm gonna go into the studio now Mm -hmm. um and i think that's really important um to like not to find the creativity but to like get it um that's one thing be in a chill mode if i'm not in a chill mode if i'm stressed or whatever i know nothing's going to happen right so i'd rather say today i'm gonna go to the beach or today i'm gonna go to a museum whatever um and then what is creativity to me but it it, it's kind of being able to create something from nothing Mm -hmm. without struggling i think that's my way of saying you're creative so anyone can be creative like you can be 10% 10% creative, 100% creative, and anything in between. Because mm-hmm. I hear some people say like, oh, I'm, I'm not creative at all, so I'll leave it to you. But then again, if you ask them, okay, but come up with a concept for this, just think about it. Yeah. And they'll write something down. Maybe it's not the best storyline ever, but it's something they created. And then to me, you're creative. So I yeah. think anyone can be creative, but you just have to... Um, If you think you're not, I think you just have to find a way of getting it out. Um, And I think that's the second part of your question was like, how do you do that? And that's like, can be anything to me. Um, Like I said, I can go to the beach and just clear my head. I can go to a festival and listen to DJs that I normally don't listen to. Um, For instance, I love to go. um, I used to be in the EDM a lot. I'm more in the house right now, but... I love to go to a festival where there's like drum and bass, hardstyle, hardcore, uh, really deep techno, because I don't make that kind of music a lot. Mm-hmm. And then that can inspire me like, oh, this is a weird sound. How do they make that? And then yeah. I start doing that as well, incorporated in my music in a different way.
0: It's funny. Cause I also sat down with uh, Puri, the maker of Konyo. Yep. And he explained that's exactly how he ended up making Konyo as well. It's by infusing, I think he said. It was like house sounds at the time with sort of this mamba sound, and that eventually this big bass line with infused with this mamba drums. That's what ended up making Kanye, which got him a hit. Yeah, and I wonder if you can apply that sort of approach of combine taking inspiration from unique industries and and essentially making something creative. That it's not necessarily coming up with something new yourself every time, like most people. I think it is. Yeah. Right like when you paint a picture you would be expect that you know you draw something someone has never seen before rather than trying to recreate something giving it your own touch.
1: Yeah, I think so. I I think you will always get inspired by like external things. So you, know? you can always you can get inspired by a sound, you can be, get inspired by I know, someone saying something you'd be like, oh, that's, that could be a nice topic for a song. And yeah. you just write it down and later on you can write about it. You can also decide, I don't want to be influenced at all. I heard Mao Pi say this when he dropped um, drugs from Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. In an interview he said, I wanted to go back to myself, so I stopped uh, any internet social media whatever and just went into the studio Mm -hmm. and he wasn't able to listen to other music and stuff so then eventually whatever comes will be something from within yourself and of course it can be something from maybe something you heard three weeks ago there's still something inside you but it's not that you're influenced by a song that you heard today or whatever so that can also be something to get you creatively yeah creativity wow creatively going (laughs) um but i think for me it really helps if i i can hear a song i love lately when i hear a song in really bad quality so for instance someone is recording on a festival and Mm -hmm. there and 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 when the bass goes off like everything gets distorted and stuff and because everything's distorted i don't hear the, the the perfect version of the song but i hear my own version right. kind of so maybe the baseline's not doing um uh the bassline's not being uh transferred to me like it is but in a different way and then i get inspired like oh that's nice maybe i have my own baseline kind of idea and then start writing that and then when the song that i actually heard comes out a couple of months later and i compare it to my song it's totally not alike but i've been inspired by it um so that that i think that's to me is what really helps um interest so you could say copying or you had you had this phrase i don't know who said it but it was like um good artists copy great artists steal right yeah um and that's uh i think that's that's quite um i think that's exactly what happened because um i think you will never be able to do everything from your own ideas because you are always influenced by stuff so maybe the way to do that is the maupi way and just go into the studio for maybe a month without internet without speaking to people yeah maybe then
0: yeah yeah i mean i think jonas Aiden did that as well but then for like two years yeah came out as a completely different artist now sings and like tours yeah. and stuff yeah. but
1: then still you're influenced by music that you listened to in the past of I mean, course you were yeah, always yeah. Yeah. be influenced so i don't think anyone will ever invent something completely new mm-hmm. you're always inspired by other music
0: as you mentioned you then when you then have a situation in which you're forced to make music it often doesn't work how do you then deal with sort of battling the forcing to make another big hit versus sort of studios wanting more music from you, right? Because once the ball gets rolling, I could imagine, but obviously, please justify that, that you want to make a next big hit and then you want to do constantly better. And yet, as you just described the moment you need to, it becomes very difficult to do. Yeah. How how do you, how did you deal, or do you deal with that?
1: I think that's the biggest problem in being an artist, you always want to do like, if you have a hit song, you're always like, what's going to be? What's the follow-up going to be? Yeah. How am I going to do this? And I think the only way to make a follow-up or to make another hit is to not aim for it, um,
0: which, song would- which
1: is really hard, of course. Uh, we, we, uh, to us, it, it's always been hard because we've never been able to like, okay, this is our this song's doing really well everyone loves it let's build a new song in that kind of way because we are always interested in new sounds new ways of producing yeah so um i think that's what also made our sound a bit like like let's say versatile we had a lot of different sounding songs but within our set we would have a sound yeah, so yeah. within our live shows we would have a distinguished sound um it's the hardest thing to do, but whenever you have a hit or you have a song that's making you bigger, you should just continue making music mm. and you can always say, Hey, I don't know. This song was doing good. I did it with this singer, which was like popular in, in Holland and in Germany. Let's now, and my song is doing well in Italy and Spain and maybe the U S let's do the next one with a, with a better singer for instance Mm. to 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 grow with it but the song that you're producing or making or singing should always be something that's just coming out of the creative flow that you had when you created that hit song yeah um i think it's really hard to to be like i want to create a hit song right now and then do it Mm. um you i think you never know when something's going to be a hit song um, so you will always also never know if your second song is going to be your second hit, um, and then I think output is just the biggest thing ever. If you right. make 10 songs, there will be one really good one Two.
0: As I think I, I've honestly come to believe that pretty much all artists are to some extent, perfectionists. When is for you the threshold to say, you know, it could be better because it always can, but we're going to put it out
1: anyway um it depends on what kind of stage in your career you are i guess okay right now for instance i'm at a stage where i um where i've been like transforming sound for the last year and i want to show that to people um so i have a lot of music and i want to put that out and then sometimes there might be a song where you're like it's not a 10 but it's a 9 and i love to play it but it, it's just a club song or it, it may, it's maybe not crossover it's or I don't see it become a hit. Mm-hmm. But then again you never know. Mm-hmm. Um as long as I as I'm like, I'd love to play this live, then I'll put it out. Um but if you're in a stage in your career where you're like really uh, let's say you have that hit or you have a song that's doing really well and you have ten more songs, then you could decide, okay, but my song's doing really well like millions of streams um, it's not just the four weeks after re- the release that it does well, but after that, it even goes bigger and better. Then I would give that song a little bit of time mm. to to go bigger and better. Um, and then you might decide, okay, I had 10 songs in the schedule. Let's take five of the, 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 let's say the worst ones out mm. and, and release a little bit less. So that might be an option as well. Um, but my, my main thing is always, if I'd like to play it live, if I want to do this in my sets, if I believe in the song, then I put it out and I release it.
0: Because what was sort of the first breakthrough song for you guys? And for those that don't know, maybe it's also good to have a little introduction into who you guys actually are. and <laughs> kind <of> important. Um,
1: <laughs> well, I think um, when it started, going really well for us was in the time we released a lot of music on Revealed and Spinning and, uh, also on Wall, FOJX label. And I think one of the first ones for us was Clap with Danik. It was a collab that got, like, hugely supported. Um, Hartwell used it for an entire summer as his intro for his sets. yeah. Um, so that was a big one and after that, uh, we had, um, songs like Buddha that did really well and rise like a thousand suns. um, those songs really like you had gigs already, but the, when I, when those songs got released, your gigs just tripled. Right. Immediately. Mm. Like, anyone, anyone who heard it was like, okay, I want to book those guys and see what they do. Um, so yeah, um, that was our first. Um, a couple of years, like in the EDM scene, we started touring a lot in Asia, Europe. Um, and that's been six years of like intensively touring and putting out music and a little bit before Corona, like COVID already. Um, we had, um, at least, yeah, we had an, uh, I, I think we w- we were not like EDM was in a period where everyone was like searching for new stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were also searching for new stuff. We thought, but it was just we were just searching for what we still love to do. We were really making music for like our fan base like, what do the fans love and what do they want to hear? And that stopped our creativity. So during COVID, it, there was a time where we were also thinking, okay, m- maybe we're not even going to perform anymore. We don't know how long this will take. Um, yeah. We don't know what's going to happen after. So let's just start making music that we love. And then our style shifted to what we're doing right now. More house kind of stuff, tech house. Because you are indeed one of a two uh,
0: duo, who Tom and James. Yeah. Uh, obviously from my first interview with you, I recall you saying that one of the few things that most people don't know about you is that you and James aren't necessarily best friends in the sense that you hang out all the time. As yeah. most people would think. So how did Tom and James then occur if you weren't necessarily best friends as
1: when it started yeah, before, like, we're good, We're really good friends yeah. now, not, <laughs> not to say we're not bad. No, we're, we're definitely best friends because we see each other every day and we, we know everything about each other, but we weren't friends before we started making music, we exactly. didn't know each other. So when people ask me that it's, it's literally, we know each other from like a music forum. Yeah where you would just share your music and then someone would feedback you. And then he feedback me a lot. I feedback him a lot. We were just active on the forum. And then as musicians do, you're just like, hey, want to do a song together once? Mm -hmm. And then you just travel to their studio, make a song. And it's like, oh, nice. That's what happens a lot. Um, um, So that's what we did. And then I, back then, I used to play some gigs already. He didn't. Um, we loved making music together so we started doing more songs and then he, I was like, hey, come play with me this Friday or Saturday at this gig because then we can test our songs. And from that moment on, um, we just never stopped. Because
0: um. it's kind of like he's your, your co-founder
1: to some extent, right?
0: Like yeah. you would have in business. Yeah. Is there any like secrets there to making, to, to sort of, what is the secret to having a long-term co-founder?
1: I can, I can never say this is a secret, but if I look at our, um, uh, situation, I do think it's really good that we weren't friends before okay. because like, because of that, he has his own friend groups. I have my own friend groups and we see each other, but definitely, uh, because we, we work a lot in the studio. We don't always work on our own songs, but we also work on other people's songs. We write a lot for them. We co-produce a lot. We ghost-produce a lot. So we're always in the studio during the week. um, And when you're traveling together, you're always together. So I see him like, uh, that's why I always say it's a relationship. It's just like having a girlfriend. Mm. I see him every time, all the time. And whenever we are not working together, he chills with his friends. I chill with my friends. And if you would have been friends also with the same friend group then you would see each other even more maybe Mm -hmm. all the time and for instance if we have a discussion i don't know on a thursday afternoon and i kind of get annoyed by something he says or whatever always happens yeah uh, you will then just go home chill with your friends and the next day you forgot about it yeah but if you go you just had a tough conversation or discussion. And then you go home and you chill together with friends.
0: You don't get away from that it. That
1: can be a little bit of a hassle, I think. So I definitely think that helps. Yeah. Um, we're never in fights. Yeah. We're always in discussions, but never in fights. And I think that really helps us to not be in fights.
0: Has, it's always hypothetical, of course, but how important has it been to you to have that sparring partner
1: it's important um but on the other hand it's also important because we grew into it um we can complement each other Mm -hmm. but i i would also say if james would have been a solo artist or i would have been a solo artist we could also have made it ourselves right okay yeah um because we're both creative we're both good in doing business we're both good at networking it's not that one of us is good in music the other one's really social yeah yeah. and then we combine that we're both good at all of it but we have our own like he's a little bit better in for instance mixing a song and mastering a song i can also do it really well but he's if it has to be done perfectly (laughs) he does it
0: so obviously this podcast is called the Core life crisis podcast I'm quite interested to see whether this is the case for you actually. But for me, the reason why I caught it like that is because at some point I was done with university, um, and still didn't really have a clue what I wanted to do with my life because just endless road of possibilities. And as you know, there was a time when I tried music and at some point I came to this sort of crossroads of, do I take music really seriously or do I, try something else which ended up being this in the end but um and the reason why i ended up stopping with music is mainly because i had a lack of self-belief when it comes to talent how would you say i think i think so but would you say you have a high level of self-belief and has that been important to your success
1: definitely um but i also have um uh i've always had a fear of failure failure um and i still have that because at the end of the day you're making something and then you're in this room and you're making something and then whenever that product goes outside the room you just really hope other people love it as well because mm-hmm. in the end that's my i think that's my goal i would i wouldn't make my own kind of music if I couldn't perform it or if I couldn't put it out and show it to other people. Um, I would always make music, I think uh, so that other people can hear it. And it's really nice if, if just some people will love it. Mm. Not everyone has to love it, but if some people love it, that's always really good. Um,
0: but I'm guessing that when you started that fear of failure, wasn't that high yet, right? Or was it right away?
1: I've always had it also in school, like doing tests and stuff. So I'd always be like insecure about my abilities. I'd always think, I always thought I was, I wasn't as smart as my friends were in school. And I was, um, but I always thought I wasn't. Right. And I still had that also with music production, also with being a DJ, always had that um but i think it always it it also helps me a bit to stay um like to 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 look at myself um stay home to (laughs) criticize myself to be better Mm. um but i'm not obsessed with being better i'm not obsessed with i have to do i have to be the best out there Mm -hmm. um If you don't believe in yourself at all, it will be very hard to accomplish something because you will be down about everything. I can't Mm -hmm. do this. I won't be able to, I'll just stop doing it. I think in the end, you will have to be excited about your product and excited about what you're doing. And when you're excited about it, it it helps you believe in yourself Mm. eventually.
0: Have you then found any way to increase your level of (laughs) self-belief?
1: Um, Is it result driven or? It's funny. I think it's result driven a little bit, but re- like the result can be different every time. You could look at all kinds of stuff. I talked to a friend, like an artist friend who released an album, like I think two months ago. And I talked to him one month ago, or no, no, a few weeks ago, two weeks ago. I said, your album's doing great, isn't it? And he was like, what's great. Mm. I was like, well, for me, seeing it from the outside, seeing your album, seeing the streams, but also seeing some of the artists that support it, seeing how people respond to you on your social media, all kinds of different stuff. And then to me, it seems like it's, everyone's excited about it. Um, then you will see, I think the album's doing great for yeah. me. Maybe you're getting a bit more gigs. Maybe some, some people talk about you a bit more. And as soon as you notice that, then the album's doing great, I yeah. think. But you could also look into like streaming wise, ah, it's doing okay, but I, I, I was hoping for more. But then again, is streaming really successful, a successful career? Mm. If you're aiming for a streaming career, then yes. Mm. But if you're aiming for pleasing fans or, like having a fan base, seeing uh, the world by traveling for gigs, mm-hmm. um, then the streaming isn't the only thing that's important. Um, the more interesting question then that I'm intrigued is, would
0: you say you had a
1: quarter-life crisis? I'm not sure. Sh- probably, yes. I think, I think everyone has... And maybe someone has it for just about a month and then knows what to do and just goes on and some people have it for years without even noticing mm. um because what what
0: comes to mind first clearly you're thinking of some situation i oh,
1: yeah, multiple situations because there have been situations in my career where everything started growing and then the growth stops and just goes a little bit like
0: stagnates yeah yeah, yeah. and
1: then that's a moment where you're like, okay, what's next? And I think the what's next question is, could be something that's just lasting for a week or a month, but if it's lasting for, um, multiple months or maybe even two or three years and anything you try to do to get out of that situ- situation, doesn't really help you. That could be like, a, like a crisis yeah. personally. Yeah. Um. And it could have something to do with work, but also with personal life, whatever. But I think to me, just COVID was a a hard period, but also a little bit before that, because actually I now realize that creativity, creatively, (laughs) creatively, I wasn't in the best place before COVID, maybe the year or year and a half before COVID. I was just doing the stuff that I thought I had to do. Mm -hmm. And when I thought of, If you would have asked me then, are you happy? I would have said yes, but maybe I would have been happy because I wasn't in like the right headspace. I didn't really know what to do. So I just did. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then COVID came, made it even harder, but because of COVID, you just had to like, okay, I have to switch. I have to, um, do something because all the stuff that I did before, I can't do that. So I can sit on my couch every day and watch Netflix, but that's going to be boring after yeah, a couple of days. Yeah, yeah. yeah, So then you're pushed into doing something else. Um, so I think my crisis was just before COVID and COVID was a hard time, but it also helped me evolve into something new mm-hmm. and just push me to do new stuff and find out what's next. Mm-hmm. What do I really want to do? Um,
0: As you describe Um, you have these phases of like growth and then it stagnates from your experience, would you say that these phases that stagnate, that they typically are just like that for a period of time before going up again, or have you also experienced that it like stagnates and just really dips?
1: Um, Oh, um. Yeah, both, actually. I, Talking and- about other artists as well, I, I, you see both. Like, there's always, when someone has momentum, There's after that, there's always a period. Mm-hmm. Even when it's still going like this, because people get used to the momentum, Yeah, it's like, he's doing well. And then when you see him doing well for four or five months, maybe you just accept that he's doing well. Mm. and then you you don't you don't you don't continue to see the growth right up until there's a moment in time a special moment i don't know a collab with someone big or just a huge festival where he's playing the main stage or whatever or some big product someone's selling up until that new point in time you will stop seeing the growth and then you're like oh hey he's doing extra good now yeah yeah but to the artist probably he's gonna go like this yes. ups and downs and ups and downs.
0: Yeah. Cause the reason why I ask obviously is I feel like if I talk from my own experience, a lot of times I just need to zoom out and look at the curve overall and it's still making this line, but at the time it often feels like a massive dip. And I guess my question was, do we just need to zoom out and look at, Hey, in the course, let's, let's imagine myself a year in the future, is it still going to feel this way or is it just a minor dip in the curve before we go back up, so to speak? And that's why I guess I'm curious from your own experience also with Corona then, does it feel to you like in the grand scheme of things, your trajectory has always gone up despite setbacks?
1: Uh, um. I think it will always, it it will always go up, but you will always have those setbacks. And if you don't zoom out, you will feel like, oh, the last couple of years have been shit. Right. And then I really hope there's going to be a good couple of years. But if you also zoom out for me, in like, uh, if you, if you say like, I'm 32 now and I've always been, you always feel young. You always feel Mm. like you're in your twenties. And then, um, you always feel like, okay, I'm doing good now. I'm doing music. And then your career is doing well. Um, but you still think there's so much time left. Hmm. Um, it feel, it always, always, almost, almost feels like I'm still doing this now and I'm probably going to do other stuff later on. Um, but that will come eventually. But then if you zoom out and you're like, oh, I'm 32, I've already been working for 12 years of my life. And I'm not going to work for 60 more years. I hope not. (laughs) Um, so when you zoom out like that, like, Oh, maybe I'll work for 30 more years. Um, then it's like, Oh, I've already worked for 10 to 12. So I'm at a point in my career already where I've, I've had a big couple of years of working. Yeah. So then you could say, Hey, am I happy with what I'm doing? Um, what do I want to do next? What do I want to do for the next 10 years? Maybe, um, because if you look at just tomorrow, you'll be like, I'm fine doing what I'm doing right now. Mm. But if you zoom out, you could think like, hmm, the last 10 years have sucked. Or the last 10, 10 years have been amazing, but the last two years haven't. But that's, that's all right. You know, eight years have been perfect. Two years have not been perfect. But I'll go for the next couple of five years that will be perfect again. Mm. I think you can only see that if you zoom out. Um, it's a, it's but it's also really hard to zoom out of
0: yeah and it's also an interesting dilemma right because uh, there's like a split in society of half that says think about your future focus on your future blah 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 make the things so that your future is better and the other half is like be present and the question is <laughs> which of these two am I supposed to do now um,
1: yeah and what's future like future can be 20 years from now future can be two years from now yeah, there's people who are like desperately trying to um stop working at like their 30s or whatever yeah. or, like their 40s mm. and then some accomplish that but some don't and they might have been really stressed for 10 years trying to make that i want to be uh, uh retired by my 40s and then eventually they end up working until they're like 65 yeah but they've had those really stressful years and if they wouldn't have been stressing too much about retiring at 40s Mm. maybe they would have had a better life yeah so it's um yeah you can i think it's really hard to um uh, to, to to zoom out like that but sometimes when you zoom out you can just be like oh yeah fuck that last year it's been hard but it's going to be better and it's just it's just one year of my 10 years music career Mm -hmm. and i want to do 10 more years of a music career so let's make these 10 years really good Mm -hmm. um yeah you talk a lot about stress
0: what what is your relationship to stress
1: a really good relationship Mm -hmm.
0: like um How would you describe stress?
1: A lot of hard questions, man.
0: (laughs) Yeah, sorry. (laughs) Should have warned you
1: beforehand. (laughs) Uh, Stress. Well, I know that if I get stressed, I have to. It's the same with with being being angry for something. I always allow myself to be angry for five minutes, and then I think also with stress. I just think, okay, will it harm me five years from now? If the answer is no forget about it if the answer is yes then i have a reason to to stress about it Mm -hmm. and then i can then then i can think about it longer i'll allow myself to stress about it longer Mm -hmm. but i also will go search for an answer to release that stress how can i make sure it doesn't affect my life in five years um But it's really easy if you, you can, you can, you can stress about stuff that is happening right now and you could be angry about it. But then if you think five years from now, will I, will I look back at this and be like, damn, that was a bad period of my life. If the answer is no, Mm. just leave it. and, And next week you'll forget about it. That's I think a way of coping with it for me. I heard a fascinating quote recently. I mean,
0: yours is more, um, uh, anger related to situations, but sometimes you also have it towards people. And I heard the quote, being angry is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. And I thought that was, uh, that really set a lot of emotion, at least in my head of all these resentments that you cling on to and this anger that you have towards people that it can just drain you, like constantly trying to prove a point to someone um that that's just not healthy that that doesn't that, that no, you only into have this.
1: you only hurt yourself exactly in the end. yeah
0: one of the biggest struggles that i've had and we're for our doing we're definitely making it work but is balancing chasing your passion and relationships <clears throat> as someone who tours a lot how how has that sort of experience been for you? Have you managed to balance relationships, or has it been tough? Do you want to talk about that, by the way, or is that? Sorry? Oh
1: yeah, yeah. Um, it has been. Ha-
0: has it even been important,
1: actually, or? Uh, yeah, definitely. It has been. Um, it's always yeah. It, it it has been an important thing uh, in my life. I I and it's mostly by looking back at the last 10 years, I see how that went. For instance, I, the first couple of years of touring, we would just go with the two of us, Jame and I, we would just go touring. And then um, back then my girlfriend at the time, she would never come with us. And it, it wasn't really like she, uh, that was a problem. Mm. But looking back at it now, I'm like, I would have shared more with my friends and family if I could do it over. Mm. but but back at that time it was just oh this is the way it is we tour with the two of us and and that's it um but i wasn't other than that i wasn't really uh, struggling with um social life or combining that um and that was because part of my social life was actually touring and was yeah um making music part of my friend group was in that like seen mm. um so i think that wasn't really a struggle for me um i think it's more it's a yeah i'm, I'm not really i think i'm not sure if that answers your question but i think during covid it was more difficult for me that my normal life changed like other people had um like they, the, the, thing they had was maybe uh, they're not working in their offices anymore, but they're working from home and mm. that brings some struggles Yeah, and then we, they were complaining about it. But us artists, we were then like, I was always the quiet one in the room. Cause I was always like, you don't even know what it's like for me. Cause my whole life just got turned upside down yeah, because yeah. everything I did wasn't possible anymore. Um, so why am I even making music anymore? Um, yeah. uh, you know that's that was the whole thing. Um, um, so I found found it hard to talk about those kind of things, and I, everyone was also asking constantly, yeah, like, um, oh, when, are you going touring now again when COVID stopped? Mm. And then it it was always the question, are you going back touring now? And the answer was always, no, because the scene hasn't started up yet the last thing that started was events yeah everyone was working already yeah everyone was back into their offices bars were opened um, but the clubs and the festivals were the last one to open so i always got that question mm. uh, getting back into touring again and then the answer was always no so i stopped talking about it um and i don't know if that answered uh, the question you asked but like that's the only thing i i have found that was difficult combining my musical career and social life. Sometimes I just don't talk about my musical career with friends. Right. Sometimes I see they don't know what I'm doing and that's my flaw because I don't explain to them how it is. Mm. I think that's the only difficult thing I have uh, experienced, but it's not that I had like, oh, I missed birthdays and I missed, Mm. you know, stuff like that. That's not really how I felt it.
0: Is it difficult because you think they won't understand or because you're not sure what actually
1: frustrates you or? I think it's my flaw because I think people are not interested. Ah, oh, okay. Which is really weird because people are interested a lot. I get it. But then I'm always like, I don't want to brag or something. Yeah, I yeah. don't want to be like, I hate it when someone says, oh, you're back in the country or, oh, you're, um. Your, your, uh, your life is so someone when you're, when someone, you, when you meet someone new and you ask them what they do and they, mm. I don't know, they say, I'm a business manager or I work, uh, in a shop or I do this and that. And then they, um, uh, they ask about me and then I explain, and then I want to ask something about them again. They're like, oh, not, my life's not interesting. Yeah,
2: yeah,
0: yeah. That's just... <laughs> I
1: hate that because I do think your life's interesting. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm actually interested in you. Mm-hmm. I want to hear what it's like to be a consultant. Yeah, Tell me. Because yeah. I don't know. I, I never work in an office. I never.
0: It's funny because it's kind of the grass is green. Greener on the other side, right? Always,
1: mm-hmm. always.
0: Because indeed, instantly, the, that's the first thought that you say when you're DJs. Oh, you must have an amazing life. And yeah. Not saying that you don't, but doesn't mean that other people's aren't isn't, or doesn't mean that there aren't elements of that life of other people's lives that mean that you would want in your own.
1: Yeah. And I also want to understand what other people do. Yeah. I wanna. I wanna like if you in, for instance in high school or university you're, and you don't know what to do after, it's mostly because you don't know what there is to do. Yeah. I think maybe when you're like when you get out of high school and you have to go to college, whatever, and you have to choose your um what you're going to do. You probably know the big like the bigger studies and then the unknown ones can be really interesting, but you just don't know about it. No one tells you about them. And then when you graduate from university, from college, everything is the same, yeah. there's maybe 20 different jobs. You can name that you could do with your degree, but there, there's probably 200. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah. you'll find out about those when you just start working somewhere and you just see, Oh, this kind of, this part of my job. I love that. Maybe I want to go more in, like in depth with that. And you eventually you'll find a job that suits you and you're really happy with it but then if you look back at it you're like i never would have guessed no i I would have done this with my life
0: yeah Um. i have i have that with this (laughs) yeah Yeah. i never thought ever that i would become some sort of content creator to be honest Uh and that's the
1: interesting the the interesting thing when i talk to people for instance if someone says i'm an accountant i know what an accountant does a little bit Mm but I don't know what your day looks like. No. I don't know what you do in a day. You have lots of meetings. Are you, are you, are you I, I don't know. Do you go to clients or whatever? Yeah. Um, what does your day look like? I'm interested in that yeah. because I'm interested in people. Yeah. So even if you think my, like your day is really boring compared to mine, I, I also do emails. I also do yeah, yeah. calls about deals and contracts and,
0: yeah because the uh, knowing that or and it's the same for the podcast but also knowing probably a little bit when it comes to music most people assume you're just on the road all the time from party to party when in reality I well think that's boring as well that as well especially they're traveling
1: yeah how was your day i've been uh waiting for yeah. my airplane <laughs>
0: at the gate again yeah
1: yeah
0: um but in reality, I'd, I'd say you spend like 80% of your time in the studio ish.
1: Yeah. I'd say 60. Okay. Because I can say all the time, but I also spend time doing business, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, which okay. is also at least 30%.
0: But as far as like, what percentage would you give to the fun part? As in being on the, the road and The studio
1: is really fun, um, but. Um, I think working on your own project will 80% be fun. And then 20% will be like, I have this song, it's almost done, but I have to finish it. Mm. And then the last parts, that's just work. Just, okay, let's finish it. Let's tick the boxes. Yeah. Um, but I also make music for other artists and sometimes for companies. And that is a bit more work to me, which is still fun, but maybe a, a bit more like other people yeah, just enjoy their work sometimes like okay today it's just i have a couple of meetings i have to do i have this and this and that Oh, and then in the afternoon i have this fun meeting i really look forward to but the rest is just work that that's also for me sometimes yeah i just have to work i have to make this song i have to finish it by tomorrow because then it'll be in time Yeah, put some other stuff aside yeah, and just work sense. today mm. um so it's the same as other people's jobs
0: i have a recurring segment on the show of this jar collected with community questions all right like you to take one out read it out and then give your answer to it
1: cool let's do that all right let's see i also read the name yeah yeah. this one's from elise verbomen What is your way of reassuring yourself that you can thrive just as much as your competitors? Another hard question. (laughs) (laughs) People are good good with the questions. What is your way of reassuring yourself that you can thrive just as much as your competitors? Um, Like it's it's a balance. I try, you always look at your competitors, but I try not to do that too much because I don't want to be them. Hmm. Um, I maybe want what they are having, but I don't want to be them. So, um, and also you're always behind. If you see some product from someone, if you see a song, if you see someone playing somewhere, they've been doing good the year before or the half year before when they made that music back then. Hmm. Um, Or they were working towards that moment that you see. So you're always late if you're looking at your competitors. I'm only trying to get inspired, I think, by them. If I really like what someone's doing, I try to see, okay, but what do I like about them? Yeah. Why do I like it? Is it different than the rest? Or is it actually something that's been going on for years? But is he doing it better? Yeah. He or she. There's just lots of guys in the... music industry so i (laughs) mostly say he but is 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 that person doing why is that person doing better what is it that i like um and is that something that i'm also doing or is it something that i don't even know that i'm doing but i can maybe show my fans more or Hmm. whatever i think that's i think you can learn a lot from your competitors sometimes when you're talking to business partners um, let's say bookers or agents or um, promoters and they they try to compare you with someone I I find that really hard because I'm not trying to be someone else um, so if you say i oh, name a couple of artists that are like you that's the hardest thing for me to do ever because I will always think he's more successful He's having more shows. He's kind of like me, but his sound is different. So then um, if you, uh, like the question said, like what is your way of reassuring yourself that you can thrive just as much as your competitors? I don't think I really do that in the end. Mm -hmm. I think I just try to get inspired by other artists and I can see like, hey, he's maybe in my range of, of popularity. So... If you compare yourself to that, you could be like, oh, okay, um, but I'm doing good in this way, he's doing good in that way, maybe we're, we're kind of the same, maybe we could work together mm-hmm. as well. Um, I think that's the only way when I try to compare myself like, mm-hmm. hey, who do I want to collab with? Um, who would be fun to collab with?
0: What's interesting is also that you, by the sounds of it, you always compare upwards, right? You always see. I, as you said, he's doing better shows, has more shows, has more blah, 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 always more, more, more. But sometimes taking the time and actually comparing.
1: Looking down on people. No.
0: <laughs> no, yeah. I, yeah. Looking underneath. Ah, yeah. I remember when I did that when I started out yeah. or whatever. I think that also puts things into perspective. Like, nah, in the grand scheme of things, I'm actually doing okay, right? I wouldn't necessarily want to be back here. Yeah. And I, and I
1: know that I'll get here. When my time is right. And also still get inspired by the people who are maybe exactly. less known, but they're doing really cool stuff. Yeah. And they're doing it because they're not ashamed of doing it because they're still not no. like, yeah, I think if you get bigger, people will start to, Oh, well, not people will start to, you think people start to get, um, they, they, they start to, um, demand something from you some mm. qu- some, um, some quality for instance i'm at this level so i can't make these kind of videos anymore because it's just too like it's a bit amateur stuff i need to be more pro because people expect that from me but then you see someone else who's not at your level or seems to not be at your level do really good with just really simple content yeah, yeah. and then you're like Why can (laughs) why can I not do the same? Maybe people will love that. Um, so you can also really get inspired by the people Mm. that are not there yet.
0: It's interesting in, in my former company, we tested, uh, two types of content. One, which was really expensive and elaborate, like advertisement with like fancy flashes and movement. And then another one, which was just literally user generated content. Yeah. Uh, of them trying our product and we made like 50 times the amount of sales on the user generated one than the other one. So indeed it's sometimes the, the, the sort of simpler stuff is more relatable and that's why more people watch it. Yeah. Um, and it's also interesting that you say that it's not necessarily people think that, but that you think that they think that. Cause it's, I guess your own limiting beliefs then all of a sudden
1: yeah definitely one of the things that i find hard right now for instance with social media is um we had a lot like if we love to do bootlegs and remixes just of songs that we love and we want to incorporate in our sets and then sometimes we just share those hmm. like with a, on a reel or on tiktok whatever and then they that blows up everybody wants to have it Everyone wants to play it stuff like that it's really nice. But then after that, if you release your own song and then those reels and TikToks don't blow up, first thing that comes to mind is why? Mm. Why does is my music then not good enough? Well, it's probably just because that other song is really famous. So the first incentive of people is already there like, oh, I know this song. Let's keep on listening. Oh, they did a nice flip of it. Um, and in the end, I realized my, my own music is doing really good as well. But it's just so new to people that they have to get used to it so it doesn't go viral as fast as a well-known song yeah and then how to embrace that is to just keep doing both because whenever my reels that like my content um of like famous songs that i flipped or whatever does good my other content of my own songs also lifts with it
0: yeah exactly so it
1: will also get more um Um, It's annoying because I
0: I didn't want to hear that (laughs) because recently I've been having my own little struggle with the type of content I want to make versus the content that I know will do well. And although I know it'll do well, it just annoys me so much because there's like.
1: It just annoys you because mostly the the content that you do that you love takes most time probably. And then it does the like the least amount of views and whatever. Or then I no, always, yeah. I always think those like the, the, the content you love doing, that's where your fans are interested in. It. Yeah, exactly. And the content that goes viral is just mainstream content that just did really good because it's really generic. Right. Cause something that goes viral doesn't go viral because it's really a niche. It goes viral because everyone seems to love it. Mm. Um, and then, um, From those people, you will always find a little group that gets more interested in your content that Mm. you do, that you love. Yeah. And if you stop doing that content that you love, you only do that viral kind of content and then those really fan based kind of people will be like, ah, it's just doing that generic. I loved his mm-hmm. videos that he was doing. I,
0: I got called out on it the other day. I made a video where I was like, shit, I have no time, but I need to make a quick update on how my gym challenge is going. And I made a really short 10 second thing with like clips of me being in the gym that week and, and some song underneath it. Really short 10 seconds. So I had a very easy chance on virality <laughs> and some dude put underneath it that he was like, this is a super shallow post. Like I started following you cause I uh, appreciated the effort and I, and I like when people have goals, but this seems like an empty post and it, he was not wrong, he was right. Like, yeah, I, the, the sort of need to post content, Yeah. even though there is no need, by the way, that's also something I put in my own head. There's
1: definitely, there shouldn't be a need.
0: Exactly. Um, but I was using that, like, Oh, I have to put something out. And as a result, didn't provide what I know I can provide. yeah Um, so that's, yeah, it's a,
1: it's a constant struggle. I had, um, I tried, uh, um, cause I'm in the music business and I'm in, and I, and I, I love thinking about promotion and stuff. I, and I loved, I love social media. I think, well, I love it and I hate it. I'm saying, but I, (laughs) I love what you can do with social media, the opportunities. And I started during COVID. I started this, this channel. I was like, I just wanted to share nice videos, mostly music stuff, festival stuff, whatever. And then I had an idea of what I wanted to do. And then I started posting and then a couple of posts really blew up just out of nowhere um just because it was viral content that's mm. i don't know if that's a word yeah and after that i noticed i was trying to aim for those kind of videos mm. go viral go viral go viral go bigger and that's when i stopped posting on that channel and then I, someone asked me why did you stop and i was like i think because i just didn't enjoy it because i enjoyed what i did in the beginning And that didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. And then those couple of videos that actually did something was not the stuff that I loved. So I was like, okay, then go out, then do I go out and do the stuff that I don't love, but I know that makes my channel go viral or do I do the stuff that uh, is fun. And you always have to do the stuff that you think is fun because you know that maybe you're editing for an hour and then the video might not do anything but you had fun at it exactly yeah yeah and your videos become better and then somehow your channel has started to grow just because of consistency yeah. and stuff but if you're not in it for the fun but you're only in it for the views or the money or i don't know then it then it's yeah don't do it i, yeah. I guess i think only maybe to learn, i don't think you can learn from that. it or to have fun with it it's
0: kind of like heroin, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> not that I know, but uh, yeah, just every time you then get a video that does well, you're like, yeah, next one. And then it doesn't. Yeah. You're like, okay, maybe try this and more and more and, and yeah. then force it into submission kind of, and it just doesn't work. That's, And then you really become addicted to it, I feel yeah. like, or at least I've definitely had that that feeling that you're like constantly updating how many views are we at? How
1: many views? Oh yeah. I got to a top, like a point where the updates were just too much and my phone just. Yeah. It, like when it, the notifications just go. Yeah. yeah And then my phone just died halfway right. during the day because of too many updates. Yeah. yeah. Like cancel the updates the yeah. notifications. Yeah. And that's also another point where you're like, okay, but now it's so big. It's so viral that it's not even personal anymore. It's mm. just a video. Hmm. No one cares about my channel. They just care about, oh, this is a nice video. Let's just follow and see if they have more nice videos. Mm. And then I really thought of like, okay, then I have to post nice videos. No, I want to post what I want to post about. Yeah. Um, Difficult. Yeah. (laughs) So I, I, I always say, do whatever you love doing. And I have the same with, with our, uh, artist accounts, we have things that blow up, we have things that don't blow up and I still love posting those videos and those photos. Yeah. Um, and you see that your most, um, your, um, your most dedicated fans always respond to those posts. Yeah. They love to see them.
0: Last question. What does the future hold for Tom? Um,
1: it's a, I, I, I don't know. Uh, I'm at this point, I don't, I wouldn't call it a crisis, but at the point where you don't know, but you accept it. Right. So like a lot of my Mm -hmm. friends are, um, having children, getting married, stuff like that. And I'm not, I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking about the possibilities, but I'm not, um, making that happen. I'm not thinking about it too much. Mm. Seeing the ideas, what's there? Do I want to have children? Do I want to tour? Do I want to make music for other people? There's loads of questions and I just go with the flow, I guess. So um, that's why I don't know what the next 10 years will be for me. Uh, but I'm sure um, I'll make it work. Because I'm definitely a person. If tomorrow all my fun in making music stops, I'll do something else. If tomorrow no one wants to book me anymore, I'll find another way to have fun and make a living out of it. You know, I'll make it work.
0: Either way, I look forward to watching the progression. Thank you so much for your time. It was an awesome conversation.
1: Thanks for having me.